0: Welcome, everyone,
1: to Metal Gear University. I'm Kay. I am T.
0: And we are working on Metal Gear Solid for the PS1 today.
1: I'm so excited that we're here.
0: Not only for this podcast, but it's the release day for the Metal Gear Solid Collection.
1: I completely forgot.
0: (laughs) Well, we are talking to you from the past, so... You will be experiencing the game today as this podcast drops.
1: I'm probably playing it right now.
0: (laughs) As we speak. I've been telling you to take a day off. Why haven't
1: I? Fuck. (laughs) It's too late now. It's
0: too late, but it's okay. You'll have the night. um, And we'll probably be streaming it tonight, so look forward to that. But happy podcast release day. Happy Metal Solid Collection release day. Tom. How do you feel about this collection be released?
1: I'm genuinely excited for new fans to be introduced into this series. I feel that Metal Gear fans are uh, a very passionate fan base, but they're, like, let's be real, guys. We're a very old fan base, <laughs> and I would love to see new fans. Some be- new blood. I would, no, it, it would warm my heart to go on Twitch and to see everybody playing Metal Gear Solid with the tag First playthrough.
0: Oh, there's we have friends who are big retro streamers and they haven't even had a chance to play these games yet. And now they will.
1: They they have a chance. And it makes me it makes me genuinely excited to see.
0: And think about all the new content. Like, for example, there's an artist we follow on Twitter. I believe her name is um, Oh, That's Raspberry Maddie. Mm-hmm. And she started playing Metal Gear for the first time, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. And think about all the comics she's released because of that. Think about all the new people who are gonna make YouTube analysis videos, who are gonna make more podcasts, artwork, like
1: I'm so excited. Like I uh, like completely genuinely speaking here, I'm genuinely excited for that. <laughs> I I I love to see new people be brought into this series. It's my favorite thing in the world.
0: A hope I have for this series is that or this collection rather, is that you will begin speedrunning.
1: Yes. I okay it, at the risk of going off into a whole side journey here.
0: Mind you, we have a timer. So behind the scenes podcast stuff, Tom and I are trying to get better at this, fix audio levels. But also we realize we go on tangents a lot. So we literally have a 10 minute timer going for the intro.
1: <laughs> but I. I was a aspiring speedrunner for Metal Gear Solid 3 until my PS3 busted um now i have no proof i'm basically talking shit i there's not even like a photo evidence there's nothing but just you're gonna have to believe me when i tell you that you heard it here first that if i got the mechanics for the boss fights down a little bit more i would have been the 10th best in the world
0: you say that with no proof
1: i say it with no proof i'm aware of this but you're just gonna have to believe me.
0: Every Tom wants you to know that he could be rank number ten in Metal Gear Solid three speedrun. run.
1: I could do it. <laughs> I could do it. But here's the thing with with the Master Collection. I could train again, and I I could I could try.
0: You should do it. Tom is someone he's you know I've been hearing about Metal Gear for the past ten years, but he's someone who also told me that when Metal Gear Solid first came out, and he's you know he played it for so many moons. He would wake up early at like 5 a.m., you said, and play it before school started. So mm-hmm. you can go to school and tell people you beat it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Aw. Like what, eight, nine years old? Not eight
1: or nine. But maybe like 10 or 11, I'd say.
0: Mm, still too young to be playing this game. maybe. Yeah, way too young. I think it radicalized you. I'm going to be honest. I think.
1: <laughs> it probably it was probably one of my awakening things.
0: Because we talk about Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 being political. This game?
1: It beats you over the fucking face with it. It's wild.
0: If you're one of the, oh, I hate politics in my games, you can press play. You can stop this podcast right now because it goes in. Mm -hmm. And Kojima does not shy away from that in this game or in any future games.
1: None. (laughs) The entirety of the Metal Gear saga is political. Like You can't play these games without political intrigue being just thrown left and right like nonsense you know
0: yeah so that is something that you know it's we want to kind of put to the forefront that like it's really going to represent things that actually happen in the real world and it also goes into i would say questioning how certain governments act how certain agencies act and whatnot um it's, it's beginning here, so everybody buckle in, buckle up. I don't know the phrase, but yeah, happy, happy Tuesday, happy, happy release day, and welcome back to the podcast. I hate this part because I know what's coming up.
1: Now, to the listeners, I actually took the liberty of writing down the notes and questions for this quiz. I, I I don't know. So you're going to hear papers rustling like I'm a conspiracy theorist. Um, <laughs> oh, but that also... Quiz pop that,
0: quiz time. Yes,
1: it is. It is pop quiz time. But that also gives me the benefit of having K not being able to see the questions or the answers. So with that said, question number one. What gaming systems... Does Metal Gear 1 and 2
0: play on? Oh, the video gaming system, right? Yeah. I am going to have dramatic pauses so that the listeners can have time to answer. And not because I don't know the answers myself anytime. Mm -hmm. Just just want to clarify that. I'm sure. The gaming systems that Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 live on are the MSX and the MSX2 respectively.
1: Congratulations, you got it right. Yes, so good. Question number two. Name four members of Snake's support team.
0: <laughs> My favorite, Johan Jacobson, mm. Is it the zoologist.
1: Our favorite one.
0: Our favorite. My personal favorite, Master Miller. That's two. Holly White. Three. And Colonel. Four. Colonel Campbell. What's his first name?
1: Oh, I'm blanking.
0: Future Tom, help.
1: It's Roy Campbell. I I don't know how I forgot, but it's Roy Campbell. Thanks, Future Tom. (laughs) All right. Question number three. What did the message found on the carrier pigeon on the roof say?
0: Oh, it had a note tied to its leg, right? Yes. The message on the carrier pigeon said W-I-S point O lowercase h I-O. So Mm whiz.ohio. However, when you flip the note upside down, it's a codec. That allows you to call Dr. Keo Marv. Correct. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Wow. You're doing amazing. Next question. Oh, no. True or false? Snake and Holly White got romantically involved by the end of the game.
0: False. Snake actually dips at the end of the game. They turn back to him to ask him a question about the cartridge left by Dr. Kiyomarv, and he's gone.
1: Yeah, he he left like Batman. (laughs) So false. Question number five. Is
0: that true or false? Was that true? Oh, I
1: thought. I, I'm sorry. You, you were correct. It was. It was false.
0: I need that validation. I'm sorry.
1: It's okay. Question number five. What is Metal Gear D's weak point?
0: Metal gears. Metal Gear D's weak point is its legs.
1: Correct. Yes. Question number six. Name and describe. Gustava's current employer.
0: Gustava's current employer. I believe it's the STB. It's a Czech special forces police force. Yeah. Okay. I'll say that. <laughs> I get half points.
1: Um, STB. It was like a secret police for Czechoslovakia.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's what she, it was called. The STB. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. I'll give myself half points for that. You did good.
1: <laughs> All right, last question.
0: Um, I, I'm not peeking at the answers. But <laughs> don't hide them now. Yeah. Tom, I thought there were eight questions. Tom numbered them. I took a little sneak peek <sighs> just because I was trying to see how many questions were left. And he numbered them. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I I... It's literally <laughs> question number one, two, three, four, five, six,
0: eight. <sighs> I like to think you just blacked out. You just zoned out and wrote these questions. like
1: <laughs> Maybe. I don't know why I, I did that. I don't know why I so did that. So question
0: number eight, eight, not seven.
1: Not seven. Question number eight. Question number seven is the question that we took along the way. I don't know. Uh, question number eight. What was Big Boss's motive, and how did he intend to do it?
0: Oh, so this is a a short answer question. Oh, damn. Big Boss's motive in Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, was to create a Metal Gear that he can use to threaten other countries with. Because he wanted to be the sole one in power with the only nuclear warhead. He wanted to continuously create wars and taking the orphans and refugees from wars to train into the new soldiers for the next war. And he just wanted to have this continuous cycle. And he was going to do that also using Oil 9, which is never referenced again in any other Metal Gear game. And... At the root of it, he just loved war. He he didn't care about sex or money or whatever. He just liked fighting and being in battle.
1: Correct. You did it.
0: I'm very proud of myself.
1: You you graduated Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake 101.
0: What do I get?
1: This uh we'll talk about it later on in a later <laughs> date.
0: Um anyway. Let us know how well you did. I'm curious to see if you like me you got a hundred percent, right? Right? Or if maybe you need to go back and, and play the games, which you'll be able to today. Hooray. <laughs> but ooh, we have about six minutes left in our timer. We did good. So we were we're doing great on time. We want to make sure this our last episode, we loved it, but it was also an hour and forty seven. And we're trying to make some bite-sized episodes for all of you on your commute to work or commute home. So we gave us a little timer. In these last few minutes, we don't have to fill up the whole six minutes. Mm -hmm. Are you planning to do a full playthrough of the games again with this collection? Oh, hell
1: yeah. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I'm going to be streaming them. I'll definitely do a a celebratory stream, but I wouldn't have gotten this collection if I wasn't planning on playing
0: it. (laughs) Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you again. I am curious if there is any other concerns or goals you have with this collection or does it lie with um maybe the Metal Gear Delta I'm just curious like your thoughts I don't think we ever talked on that
1: yeah well with Metal Gear Delta I'm hoping for the best there's not a real reason to assume the worst as of yet
0: and Metal Gear Delta for new folks um Konami is planning on remaking Metal Gear Solid 3 which is canonically the first in the Metal Gear Solid timeline yeah. And they're calling it Metal Gear Solid Delta.
1: And they're doing it with modern graphics, presumably uh, modern controls. Presumably
0: the same voice actors. So they released this collection first and they're doing... There's no release date for the remake. But um for this collection, you really have no concerns, right? No, you're not um, concerned about frame rates or... No, no,
1: <laughs> no. Uh, a lot... Now I'm not a uh, developer... Expert by any means, but I know for a fact that the frame rate resolution issue is mostly spoken by people who do not know what they're talking about. Hot take. It's a hot take, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm taking that take. <laughs> now there there's a difference between like emulating mm-hmm. a frame rate and actually putting in a frame rate and on a developmental side.
0: I see what you're saying. Like when people emulate and they're able to like max out, like make a game run faster yeah. on their end, yeah, as opposed to what a game is and in it's intended.
1: Yeah, like for example, um, someone posted on uh, Twitter the other day showing how Metal Gear Solid looked like at four K, running at sixty frames a second. And when I tell you it looked like complete garbage, <laughs> it looked terrible. <laughs> And no one wants to play that.
0: Yeah, and that's not how it, some games were meant to be played.
1: Yeah, and having uh, things run at four K, it it does make things clearer. I'm not gonna lie there, but the models that we're working with here are not detailed. So you're all you're going to do if you up it to four K with games of this age. It's going to show the imperfections even more.
0: I think let that be an issue for the remake for Metal Gear Delta. Let let that be a conversation for that game, for these games. If we're talking about like game preservation and experience the game as it was when it came out, let's keep it at whatever specifications it was released at. I have been playing games for decades now. I am I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a an expert, a historian, or anything. I want people to, one, enjoy games. I want games to run well. And I want games to be preserved and accessible. And I am excited for this collection because it's going to be, like you said earlier, accessible to a new host of people, a new crowd of people. And that is, at the bare minimum, what I want.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I've been saying for years and years and years... To an embarrassing amount <laughs> of degree that all I have ever wanted was a simple port, nothing fancy, just a simple goddamn port. <laughs> and I finally got it. And to me, I won.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, that's it. I honestly, when it comes out, you'll play it. I'll watch, of course. And then we can crit- critique more in-depthly. Yeah. In-depth.
1: In-depthly. In-
0: Thank you. Well, yeah, we can critique a lot more. Yeah, and
1: look, I'm not like a simp for Konami. Like if there's imperfections and if there's something that's wrong, I'm going to say it. But as of right now, I'm not in the camp of saying that this is going to be trash when I didn't even get a chance to see it for myself yet. Yeah, you know?
0: there's some things that you call trash in the beginning and like people make good edits like the Sonic movie, the way Sonic looked.
1: Yeah, well, that on that. We had tangible evidence that it was not good,
0: you know, and that was uh, just something you didn't you didn't really interact with. You just watched with this. We haven't had the time to really see how everything's running or play it like let it happen. See what happens. There is patches and updates that like can be done on the back end. let's wait and see. I agree. That's my hot take. OK, we have 55 seconds left. Are you ready to delve in to the game.
1: Yes. Let's, let, let's hit it.
0: I cannot be, believe people are going to be playing this for the first time today.
1: I'm very jealous of those people. I really am. <laughs>
0: the first time they are experiencing a 3D Metal Gear Solid game. The game that changed the series, I would say. Um, it was the first Metal Gear game released in North America on um, the P- PlayStation 1, because Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 were released on the MSX and MSX2, respectively, and those are only Japanese consoles.
1: Yeah, the, the US got a like NES port of the first Metal Gear, which.
0: Snake's Revenge. Yeah.
1: And Snake's Revenge, not like the best first impressions, although Metal Gear was successful here nonetheless. Um, but for many, many people, this was the one
0: mm-hmm. that
1: got people in.
0: And what's cool about this game is that before you even start, Tom, you were telling me that you can access a briefing menu mm-hmm. that gives you kind of this little cutscene where Colonel is talking to Snake.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, these old VHS recordings of Snake. Um, somehow he's nude. I don't well. And
0: blonde.
1: And blonde. Well. It looks like he's blonde. People have been discussing this for years. This is a whole other topic, but um, people say he looks blonde, but it's actually brown. And uh, I- I'm not getting into that.
0: <laughs> okay, right okay. now. <laughs> but it's a little cutscene. It's
1: a little cutscene of Snake, presumably naked, sitting on a bench somewhere, handcuffed. Uh, no. Okay. Um, and he's more or less kidnapped by armed soldiers that were sent there by Colonel Campbell. Now, it's been six years since the fall of Zanzibar.
0: So, Snake's about 29 years old now.
1: Yeah, about. Yeah. Or I think maybe his early 30s. I, I don't know. Uh, Future Tom, uh, come in with the age real quick. Hello. Solid Snake was 33 years old at the time of Shadow Moses. Great. Thank you. Um. Now... Snake is like a recluse. He, he's living in the Alaskan wilderness. He's living with his sled dogs. He, he wants to be a musher. He he just wants to be alone in the wilderness.
0: And so we can say he's been alone for six years.
1: Probably. He's probably had minimal contact with people for six years.
0: You can't blame him. He's been scarred twice over.
1: Yeah, I, I would probably do the exact same move, to be completely honest with you here. Um... Now, Colonel kidnapped Snake and says that the Next Generation Special Forces Unit, led by Foxhound, did a rebellion on a nuclear weapons disposal facility on Shadow Moses Island in Alaska's Fox Archipelago.
0: Foxhound was a part of the U.S. government. They rebelled. And that was also what you were a part of. I saw Snake. Yes. And Colonel Campbell was part of it.
1: And Colonel Campbell. But this was after their time.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: So, Foxhound uh, demands the remains of Big Boss to enhance the next generation special forces, which is also known as the Genome Soldiers. Okay. Um, and they also want a billion dollars, because why not?
0: Okay. I mean, if if I'm going to make demands.
1: Yeah, right? You might <laughs> just throw in a billion. Why not? You know? Um, now, if they don't get these demands in 24 hours, they're going to launch a nuke. So. Jeez. You know, uh, not not great.
0: Yeah, you know, it's pretty rough.
1: So what is Foxhound? Now, we know from the previous games that they're like a special forces unit. Snake was a part of it. Colonel led it. But they are a special forces unit that is based in the U.S. And they are the best in the world, presumably. Um, its members include Psycho Mantis, who's a psychic Sniper Wolf, who's a sniper. Decoy Octopus, who's a master of disguise. You can see how this is going so far. Vulcan Raven, who is a muscle man shaman type. You have Revolver Ocelot, who is the interrogator slash torturer and formidable gunfighter.
0: So their names kind of match what they do.
1: Yeah, their names match what they do. And the animal matches like their personality. I see. So, for example, uh, let's just pick out one. Uh, Revolver Ocelot. Now, Revolver Ocelot likes revolvers. (laughs) I know. Crazy, right? Wild. Now, their role in Foxhound is their interrogator and their torturer.
0: Oh, and like a cat.
1: An ocelot is a cat, and cats are known to play with their food before they eat it.
0: Tom had to tell me me what an ocelot was. I didn't realize it was a cat. I thought it was an otter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Revolver otter. <laughs> that, that, that's somewhere in a different universe. I think otters somewhere.
0: are like, they play with their food too. I think they're kind of rough from my understanding.
1: We'll have to see. Who knows?
0: <laughs> Feature Tom, please let me know. Are, are otters <laughs> dangerous and scary?
1: A Vox article from December 20th, 2019 called otters the necrophiliac serial killing fur monsters of the sea. They're still cute though, so you know, at your own risk, I suppose. Thank you. All right.
0: And I cut you uh, off. Last member is Liquid oh, Snake.
1: Yeah. yeah, Liquid Snake. The last member. Now they're the leader of the unit and the owner of the same code name as Solid Snake. Now, Solid Snake and Liquid Snake for some reason both have the same code name. We're gonna get into that later. Don't worry about it.
0: Is Solid called Solid because he's hard?
1: Next question. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, for some reason, uh, this this rule for Foxhound does not apply to solid and liquid snake.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Now, some people say that they're called snake because they like to crawl on the ground, but
0: okay, fair. They're sneaky, or sneaky, or like you don't see them until it's too late, kind of. Yeah. Interesting. Now,
1: that's just spitballing here.
0: Yeah, that's all speculation, but um. If we're going through how Foxhound operates. I just yeah. To ask the question about Snake. Okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, you could assume that that is what they would be known for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you're probably wondering who is Liquid Snake? Well, Liquid Snake was a member of the British SAS who, as a teen, fought in the Gulf War and then they just disappeared for several years in Iraq. They were presumed to be a prisoner. Oh, wow. They resurfaced and joined Foxhound. <laughs> and at the moment that's all we know
0: casual definitely there's not any trauma there or no i forget no. about it just bury,
1: bury it deep uh, he disappeared
0: and was like i'll, I'll leave this group don't worry about it
1: yeah just just bury that trauma deep don't talk about it don't feel anything just just soldier on and just just forget about it it's fine just go to bed
0: you can't see me right now but i'm saluting
1: yeah that's all you gotta do that's all you gotta do Now, since we covered Foxhound, we we should do a light overview of the next Special Forces unit. Now, they're also called the Genome Army, and that's a lot easier to say on the fly. So we're just going to be addressing them as the Genome soldiers or Genome Army. Okay. Um, Now, they were a top-secret mercenary group that was bought out by the U.S. government. Most of them are veterans who served under Big Boss... And when Big Boss was defeated, the U.S. bought up their contracts.
0: Okay, there's already a problem there Mm -hmm. because let's think about Schneider for a quick second. Schneider, Black Ninja. Yeah. Schneider was a soldier under Big Boss, and he felt kind of indebted to Big Boss. So the U.S., let's, let's say he's representative of, let's say, a number of soldiers there. The U.S. could buy up their contracts. But all the soldiers on the base in Zanzibar felt some kind of way towards Big Boss. Don't you think that would be a worry of the U.S. government? Like,
1: Yeah, you think that would be a worry of the U.S. government. And, you know, it um, it kind of blew up in their face.
0: Oh, because yeah, they, they now they just did a coup, right? They, they just, just... <laughs> did a coup
1: with Fox Town, <laughs> so. Well, you're
0: right, you're right. So now, okay, there so, we go.
1: Yeah, the, the U.S. government's got a lot of egg on their face. Um, now... They're called the Genome Army because they were given special gene therapy to enhance their soldier abilities. So like they could uh they're a little stronger, they're a little smarter. Okay. Um, heightened sense of ability. Like like think of them as Captain America, but like not as good. Not as buff? Not as buff. Um think of like one fourth of Captain America. <laughs> like that's kind of like where they're at.
0: But like they're like highly skilled and specialized, like
1: yeah. They're they're pros. Okay. And that like I said, that they want big bosses' remains so they could enhance them. They want to go to like Super Saiyan, you know? Okay. They okay. want to go to the next level. Okay, and before I forget, Snake has two mission objectives. One is to rescue the DARPA chief, Donald Anderson, and the president of ArmsTech, Kenneth Baker. And two, Mm -hmm. is to see if the terrorists have the ability to launch a nuclear strike and to stop them if they do. And with that said, um, Snake refuses. He's just like, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't feel patriotic. I want to go home. I want to go home with my dogs.
0: Oh, okay. So we're talking about right now, like, he was, this is like, he's being briefed. Colonel's briefing him on all of this. Yeah. And then Snake's like, I don't care at all.
1: Snake's reaction to hearing all of this is like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. I don't, I want to go home. Colonel, um, not, not in a, not great move, basically says that we have enough dirt on you to imprison you for the rest of your life. (laughs) So great. Uh Uh-huh. But then he doubles down and then he also says, but I know I don't even have to do that because I know that this is what you live for
0: oh wow so like you diss the shit out of him and then you're also like yeah you like this shit though i don't even need to threaten you wow what a loser right so what's funny in him saying that is that in the last game big boss told him a similar sentiment big boss went to snake and to solid snake and said you you're just like me you mm-hmm. you like this. You like war? You like being on the battlefield? And I can I can, oh, I'm so mad right now cuz I can only imagine what Snake might be thinking to hear that same kind of sentence coming from Colonel after being kidnapped and forced back into this mission.
1: It's rough. It's got to be rough.
0: No one asked, has anyone ever asked Snake how he feels.
1: No. Probably not. He's been isolated.
0: So you're isolated with your dogs and then you're kidnapped and you're like, yeah, get back in this shit. Come on, let's go.
1: It, it's, it's like an abusive relationship with this oh, guy.
0: Oh, this is horrible.
1: Now, Colonel kind of opens up on his end, the, the ass. Um,
0: oh, man, that, we're supposed to feel sympathy for him now.
1: <laughs> he says that he was brought in because his niece was kidnapped. Well, not kidnapped, rather. She was uh, held prisoner in Shadow Moses. You see, she was a, a uh, transfer. She's in the military. And she was transferred up to Shadow Moses before this incident took place.
0: How how convenient. That's a weird coincidence. It's it's definitely an odd one.
1: Um, awesome. Maybe it was on purpose. Maybe it wasn't. We don't know yet.
0: So he was brought out of retirement to come back and do this. Because, to, to help. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now you kind of have a third mission now, too.
1: To rescue his niece, whose name is Meryl, by the way. Meryl was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and she just got held prisoner. That's pretty much her deal. Now... With Campbell is Doctor Naomi Hunter. Now she's a genome specialist. She's basically the brains behind the genome soldiers. She helped uh, make them. And with her, uh, you have Mei Ling. You have Master Miller, who is a survival expert. Oh, Mei Ling also saves your data. I skip. Don't okay. want to skip over that. You
0: got some some women in STEM right now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: okay. Representation. Um, I like you this.
1: have Nastasha Romaneko. <gasps> who is a nuclear weapons expert. Um, also, can't uh, skip this either. Naomi Hunter injects Snake with nanomachines, which are <laughs> casual. just uh, these tiny little machines that are flowing within Snake's body. Uh, they temporarily stimulate him similarly as the genome soldiers. Like, he's a little bit smarter as these machines live in his body okay. for a short period of time. Don't
0: they make him like less cold too or less um, susceptible to hypothermia? Yeah. Because we were in Alaska. Wow, he's pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's not bad.
0: Would and you, you want to be injected by nanomachines?
1: Uh, if it's been tested, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll give it a <laughs> shot. But um, it's also giving him the ability to communicate by codec, which is like a small little radio in your ear.
0: Oh. <gasps> Oh, that's cool okay so he doesn't need a transceiver anymore he has no. a little like
1: he's got like a little thing in the plant right yeah I'd
0: almost like it okay cool
1: um so snake reluctantly agrees and proceeds to head to shadow moses now let me turn the page here because i i for some reason i hand wrote <laughs> my notes
0: yeah i'm over here working on a google doc and tom's like i i got the book from the closet and uh, it's, right.
1: it's like a tome
0: <laughs> writing down everything. Um, so, like, all of this, too, was primarily in the briefing mission, right? Like, yeah. Are we beginning with the game now?
1: Yeah. my I'm at point number 11, <laughs> and uh, now...
0: Yeah. So you're talking... I know you were mentioning Mei Ling and Master Miller. I mean, I would say in the briefing mission, it's giving you a really in-depth summary, but when you start the game, you're given, uh, like, a concise, like, two-sentence this is where you are, here's what your goals are, go go ahead. The briefing mission, I, I would say, is worth watching mm-hmm. for any new player. So when you start up the collection, you know, you don't have to play with the game once to unlock it, you can just watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool because this is like you're hearing their voices for the first time. Yeah, this
1: is the first game that's fully voiced. Uh, it's a, It's a huge step up. It's Snake. I'm in front of the disposal facility. Excellent, Snake. Yeah, there's no
0: it's not just a, a a painting of Snake anymore. You have this like fully like little gloomy looking man who what you what did you tell me?
1: Uh, oh yeah, uh, when you open up the codec in this game, you're you're greeted with like a little sketch of Solid Snake. Now, this image of Solid Snake was inspired by a young Christopher Walken
0: and i t- i asked thomas like are you sure and
1: Tom- I, 100% positive yeah <laughs> it was inspired by a young christopher walken
0: amazing and it's a very like gloomy like looking figure with like nice cheekbones but like the the voice too the gruff he- hearing colonel's voice it's very exciting especially to it being like the first 3d game we're getting a much Even though, of course, it's like old school graphics, but these are like fleshed out characters. It's still a top down camera. Yeah. But like you're seeing this character run, you're seeing all these. It's
1: it's a fully realized environment. And I mean, I would argue that even for today's standards, the graphics add like a, a gloomy, grungy feel to it and i feel like it really adds to the atmosphere that the game is trying to portray and you know like retro's kind of in in terms of gaming so i feel like it's not that much of a turn off you know
0: yeah and i'm i'm hoping again i feel like people will be more inclined to play this game but i do hope they check you know metal gear metal gear 2 but this one i, I know people are going to jump into and it's such a such a classic um but yeah so i didn't mean to um to jump in i'm just no go right so ahead so excited
1: take the lead go right ahead <laughs> i've been talking for a while
0: Well, I mean, you know, we're talking to Mei Ling, and of course, Mei Ling saves your data. Mind you, there's a couple codecs where you're introduced, you're kind of understanding who plays what role. Snake is putting the moves on Mei Ling from, like, the start of the game. Oh, yeah. So Snake, despite being, you know, in isolation for six years, Mm -hmm. little womanizer, the same way he was in Metal Gear 2. He's just... Like, it tells her, oh, like, he didn't think someone so cute would be working with him. And she's like, oh, my God, am I being hit on by the famous Solid Snake? Like,
1: okay, Mr. Rizzler.
0: Yeah, not the, oh, not the Rizzler.
1: I mean, I will <laughs> stop calling Snake the Rizzler when he stops himself.
0: Yeah, no, and he and he doesn't. Snake is a very, it's, for as much trauma as he's been through, he's still such a, like, funny guy. Yeah. Like, there's Muppets in this game where you just, you kind of laugh at what he does because he's almost as, like, he he's almost a little awkward, too. Like, for this, like, really high-tech soldier.
1: Yeah, I, I've come to think that, I mean, not to overly analyze Snake at the moment, but I feel like he does this as almost, like, a defensive mechanism. To, like, have him get out of, like, social interactions without people really having to talk to him. And he puts on, like, a front.
0: I see. So they don't delve deeper. It's like funny. haha, And then we keep the conversation going.
1: Yeah. Like, you know how they say that like the, the funniest people, you know, are often the saddest ones. That's what I mean.
0: Oh, he's just putting on this front. audio, oh, you want to think about this? And he would. I mean, he has every reason to be sad. <sighs> All right. But yeah, he's he's hitting on people. He's going through it. And then he's he's navigating through this base. Mind you, the game is also pretty much a cold open. You go the creditor. It's like small credits that are playing. And you go through the little base. You see some British man going up an elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, you follow um, after him on that same elevator. And then you're greeted by like, the title. Metal Gear Solid. So as, as the elevator is going up, it's very, very movie-like, very Bond-esque. Also, the music is very, like, James Bond-type spy thriller. It's pretty cool. Pretty exciting. But um, it's very reminiscent. I got the real feel of, like... This is like Metal Gear 2 put in 3D. Like it's a similar type of like you can see how the enemy movements are kind of um realized in this 3D space. You can see kind of like sneaking through vents. It's cool to like put it in this kind of like fleshed out environment. Mm-hmm. Um, Like Kojima was really like using the PS1 to its fullest capabilities.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, Snake sees this British man go up in a... Pined D. It's returned. Um, and he's going off to fight off some uh, F-16s that were used as a distraction for Snake to get into the base.
0: So it's working. The distraction's working.
1: So far, yes. He, I mean, he, he's in front of the base and they don't know he's there. So, so far, so good. Okay, okay. Um, he's then briefed by Mei Ling on how his soliton radar works, which in short, it's more or less like the radar from Metal Gear 2, only this time you're greeted by the cones of vision that the soldiers have.
0: So instead of just a dot, you can see kind of like this green triangle that kind of extends out of them. Yeah. And it helps you just kind of like position yourself. So you, you're not in their field of view.
1: Yeah. And you know, this has been like a meme for years, at this point, but for genetically enhanced super soldiers, the genome soldiers can only like look four feet in front of them. <laughs> but so <laughs> skilled that's neither here nor there. <laughs> mailing um, also says that the DARPA chief and the armsec president will show up as green dots on the Soliton radar, so she's just like keep an eye out for a green dot.
0: That reminds me of Dr. Madnor back in the day. It was the same kind of um, setup.
1: Very similar. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of that.
0: (laughs) A lot of callbacks, right? A lot
1: of callbacks. And with all of this briefing out of the way, Snake enters the facility, but he's also contacted by one more person. Master Miller. Miller! Makes contact with Snake. He says that Campbell called him to help him out with the operation. Snake is actually really relieved, and he says, "There's no one I'd rather have in a foxhole than you."
0: And Master Miller looks so cool with his sunglasses. He has a cool voice, and it's—he's so willing to help.
1: It's a very good rendition of Master Miller.
0: I would say they did a good job in bringing Master Miller because, as opposed to Campbell um, Colonel, who was kind of threatening and like really not a like not really giving Snake any reason (laughs) to want to be a part of this, Mm -hmm. having Master Miller on his team, I think would be a moment of reassurance to him.
1: Yeah, and I would feel that Miller is probably one of the last people that Snake probably 100% trusts.
0: Yeah. So good good job having him on the team. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So Snake heads down to the lower levels, and lo and behold, he sees the first green dot, and it belongs to the DARPA chief.
0: Yay, Donald Anderson is here.
1: He's here. Now, he heads to a vent to break into his cell. Along the way, he passes by a mysterious female soldier. who's in a cell. Who is also in a cell. Yes. Sorry. Um, Now, Snake enters the cell that is holding the DARPA chief out of the ceiling. Uh, DARPA chief is kind of taken aback. He's like, who are you? Snake responds by saying, I'm the pawn that they sent to save you. So, you know, (laughs) reluctant hero. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So Snake basically asks if the DARPA chief knows if the terrorists have the ability to launch a nuke. Yeah, the DARPA chief says, yes, they he's do. Like,
0: he's like, they have like a new machine. And before the DARPA chief even finishes, Snake already knows. He's like, Metal Gear. And Donald's like, how do you know? How do you know that you, the U.S. is building it? And Snake's like, what? The U.S. is building it? Get out. <laughs> so apparently the U.S. is now building it for like mass production, right? For yeah. their for their calls now.
1: Yeah, it's like a secret black project that no one knows about.
0: Great job. So Donald Anderson, who is the DARPA chief, and Kenneth Baker, who is the Arms Tech president, they were initially there to see the final test launch of the the nuke, right? Mm-hmm. They were there on the base as part of the U.S. government, and that's when Foxhound revolted.
1: Yeah, that was uh, Foxhound and the Genome soldiers were sent there in the first place to help kind of keep everything on the low.
0: And then they just revolted there and then took those two guys as hostages. Yeah. So, okay. So they were there initially. And then so they're just as surprised as anybody else. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Donald Anderson tells you that there are two codes needed to launch the nuke. And he has one and Kenneth Baker have one. And psychomantis read the one off of his mind. So he's like, my bad. I'm sorry. psychomantis. he just was too strong. You know, all that's left is for them to get Kenneth Bakers now. But there's a fail safe. There is. And the fail safe is these PAL key- card keys. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like a little um, ID card that you just need to like.
1: Yeah, they, they say that it's like an emergency override where if there's a launch, they can insert these keys real quick and it'll cancel it.
0: OK, cool. So like. Not bad, there's a fail safe. Um, so he tells you that, and then he's like, Here's my ID card, and he's like, Is 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 the Pentagon or White House gonna help? Or are they gonna like give in to the demands? Like
1: yeah, he's kind of pressing Snake if they know that if the White House is gonna give in. And Snake is like, Why are you asking me this? Is you're acting kind of weird, man. And then while this is going on, seemingly out of nowhere. He drops dead.
0: The dark chief just, just dies. <laughs> he, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just like, I feel like for Snake, i feel like, what is going on? I can't have a normal mission. This just, man just dies.
1: Yeah, and out of nowhere. And he, he calls Naomi and he's like, what the hell happened? And she's like, "It, I don't know. It looks like a heart attack." And Snake is like, "Are you fucking kidding? A heart attack?"
0: Was he sick? And I was like, "I don't know." And then Snake is questioning Colonel too, and he's like, "Are you hiding anything?" And Colonel's like, "I don't have full access to the case file." Like Colonel, like, get out of here! What a little little weasel!
1: And like, here's here's the thing. I like I like Campbell, but. God, he is really getting on your nerves.
0: Can you say something reassuring or something that tells me that you're on the same team as me? Because I'm not feeling supported right now yeah, just, by my
1: support team. Just, just say a safe word right now. Just get, <laughs> let me know that you're you're about it right now.
0: What's funny is that while all this is happening, the DARPA chief is dead. The soldier in the next room, the wo- the woman mm-hmm. hears it and she thinks you killed the DARPA chief.
1: Yeah, I. It's funny. I took a note of all this. I was like. Now, while all this is happening, the woman next door breaks out of her cell, knocks out the guard on duty, steals his clothes, and ambushes Snake, thinking that he killed the DARPA chief. <laughs> like this, so Snake this, is
0: on all ends just confused.
1: This this woman went on a mission to get you.
0: Yeah. No, and she was nice with it, too. She yeah, was she, she, wasn't,
1: she wasn't bad. She, she did good.
0: What's interesting is that when she aims her gun at you... She calls you liquid mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, you look just like him. Snake notices, though, that she's shaking while holding her gun. And he's like, you're a rookie. You're not going to shoot me. Like You you don't have you don't have the cojones to shoot <laughs> me. And they're going back and forth about being green or being a rookie and whatnot. And the whole time is a little cutscene, You see soldiers just like prepping. Just behind. A,
1: a whole <laughs> squad of like. 12 people getting
0: ready to run into the room that you're in to um strike you guys down
1: <laughs> and there's I, I would, it, it, it kind of classifies as like a mini boss fight i would say mm-hmm. now they the first wave snake has to take care of them by himself and when he's done he's like what are you doing shoot and she's like don't don't talk to me like that
0: it, it's it's very much like i i'm reminded of movies where it's like people are having full on conversations while they're like fighting people and mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of funny but like...
1: and snake is basically going like don't think shoot and she just goes ah and just mows <laughs> down a whole group of people and you know she'll be okay
0: she'll be okay yeah
1: don't worry about that don't have to don't have to worry about that about her anymore
0: <laughs> after the battle though while she leaves he's like wait where are you going and the freaking camera zooms in on her butt swaying back and forth. And it's just like, obviously Snake's point of view going like, oh, like her little, her little polygon butt.
1: Yeah, she got, apparently she's got a little thing going on <laughs> and his ass admiration <laughs> is interrupted. You wrote that down notes? Yeah, I, I literally wrote his ass admiration <laughs> is interrupted by a vision, like a literal vision.
0: It cuts too.
1: It says liquid uh, is apparently saying, "You fool! You killed him!" And then oh, you
0: sound like him, Tom. You wow! I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Really?
1: Oh. And then another voice that says, "I couldn't dive into his mind." Then lastly, boss, I got an idea. Then he just comes to, and then he sees a vision of just some man, presumably uh, Psychomantis,
0: with the gas mask in front of him saying. Good girl, just like that.
1: Very weird. <laughs> At this point, I would assume that I've like lost my mind.
0: Yeah, literally. Snake calls Naomi and is like, "What is? What's going on? Was that a hallucination?" And Naomi goes, "It must have been psychometric interference from Psychomantis."
1: And she's basically said to think of it as a mental feedback loop.
0: And okay, we're, and we're supposed to accept that. Yeah. Okay. At that point, Snake accepts it. We're supposed to accept it.
1: At this point,
0: <laughs> all bets are off. Why not? And I, I think to it, I for Snake's point of view, what else can he do? He was kidnapped, brought into here.
1: You know, uh, you could argue that this is the first time in Snake's life that he has dealt with anything of the supernatural. Because in Metal Gear 1 and 2, he's just fought normal people with guns.
0: Yeah, normal, normal people with guns who were traumatized. There were, like, a lot of twists and turns. Yeah. But now you have, okay, a, a psychometric interference, a feedback loop.
1: Like, no, um, imagine you're, like, a soldier, and then you're told that you have to fight David Blaine.
0: <laughs> He's just doing tricks. <laughs>
1: and, and and then, not only that, you're told that, okay, look. He cuts the gun, a card inside. I, <laughs> I know we're told that David Blaine isn't real but plot twist he's a sorcerer and you have to fight him
0: but i think what's even funnier is that snake just continues because what other <laughs> choices he have you he just, has no time to like really you just break gotta, down
1: you gotta go man you just gotta make your way so snake makes his way all the way to the arms tech president
0: kenneth baker
1: and he he gets to him
0: <laughs> and Kenneth Baker's like in this saw trap room. There's like wires everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's pretty nuts.
0: Baker's like tied up. Like- he's like tied
1: up to a bomb? It's crazy.
0: You find Donald Anderson in the cell by himself, and Kenneth Baker got the worst of it. He
1: <laughs> like, I don't know what Kenneth did to piss off these people, but holy shit. Yeah, was, he's he, in okay. the saw room. <laughs> and then not only that, he's he's cemented in. Because you can only get to him by blowing up walls.
0: I forgot about that.
1: So, like, they put him in, like, the most death chamber possible. And they walled him in, going, like, (laughs) you'll never get out of here.
0: Yo, he pissed somebody (laughs) off. And then, so, so, you go in there. You see him in this death trap. And then, who comes out but Revolver Asla? And this man is doing cool gun tricks. He's just flipping guns. And he's like, you know why they call me Revolver? Blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, he's simping over his, uh... Gun, which, did you know it's the greatest handgun ever made? It's the Colt Single Action Army. <laughs> now, uh, he is their interrogator. I would assume that maybe he put Baker in this saw-like <laughs> contraption. A little, a little theatrical, but, you know.
0: You need to have some fun with, with I guess, if you're going to do these terrorist acts and you want to have a little fun.
1: yeah. So, the first real boss fight of this game ensues. You fight Revolver Ocelot.
0: You're running around the room with the booby traps.
1: You literally, more or less, run in a circle. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting about this fight is you have to time when you could attack him with his uh, reload. You could tell how many shots he's got left in his gun. So, when he's out of ammo... You're free to like pop out and get him real quick before he has the ability to fight back.
0: I feel like one of the phrases he uses is "I love reload, reloading during a battle." I remember, I think he says that. It's just like a little.
1: The, I, I think
0: it's like an audio cue. Like, okay, you can you can get him now.
1: Yeah, and, and he gets like a little weird with it. Like, I, I might guns. I might not be saying it verbatim, but it's something along the lines of like, "There's nothing like putting a bullet into a well-greased chamber."
0: Okay, ocelot.
1: He's getting a little weird with it, but okay. you know we're gonna leave it there. <laughs> so snake bests him during the battle. He doesn't necessarily defeat him full out.
0: It reminds me of like when you reach a second phase of a boss. Like there's a cutscene that like there's more explanation of like yeah. the character's role or the story. So it you defeat his health bar, cutscene happens, and he's like, "You're well, you know you have the voice. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> You're pretty good." Just as I expect with the man with the same coat as the boss. But I'm just getting warmed up. I'm literally saying this from my mind.
0: Yeah, literally. He Uh, was looking at me while he said it. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So he says that. And then you think, okay, second phase of the battle. But before you continue, I wrote in all caps, this invisible ninja runs in and slices off Ocelot's hand. This man, (laughs) this ninja has abs through his suit and is just like, ocelot's hand is gone
1: he slices it off
0: (laughs) kenneth baker in the cement wall recognizes the suit
1: (laughs) he goes that that exoskeleton (laughs) now ocelot is taken aback he's holding his own hand with his other hand and he's like i can't like can't you even die right he's talking to the ninja he's like can't you even die right you were lucky, he says to Snake. We'll meet again. And then he runs away. Which, you know, understandably, I would too. I just lost my fucking hand.
0: You know. I, I Good move. Good move on his part. And at this point, you're stuck in the room as Snake with the ninja. And Snake obviously points a gun at the ninja. It's like, who are you? <laughs> who are you?
1: And all he has to say is, I'm like you. I have no name. These cryptic riddles. Like... <laughs> Uh, terrifying.
0: Also, cool voice. The voice actor we got to meet in person, so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool ass voice. He's like, yeah, all these riddles. Like, I'm just like you. But my favorite part about this interaction is after saying those two lines, mm-hmm. the ninja just starts screaming and convulsing.
1: He just screams in pain.
0: And his head is kind of like that sound Hill head shake. His head's going back and forth. He's screaming like
1: real fast.
0: And then he just disappears out the room. He just runs out.
1: Terrifying. That's terrifying. I don't want to ever interact with that man ever in my life.
0: Hopefully he won't come back.
1: Like, imagine knowing that, like, a person like that is, like, in the same building as you. <laughs> Terrifying.
0: Why don't we ever see Snake cry? <laughs> Just break down.
1: I would cry after that. I think that's a perfectly acceptable time he, to cry.
0: I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so now you're alone with Kenneth Baker. And he asked, that Jim sent you? Like, from the Pentagon. The-
1: yeah, uh, I believe Jim is the Secretary of Defense. And he, little known fact, uh, Jim Houseman is the full name. He's the he- official head of the operation.
0: I see. Okay. So of Baker's like, you know, were you sent to help me? Who sent you? Snake's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not answering any of your questions. Did you give the code to Psychomantis? And Baker said that he talked... Psychomantis couldn't read my mind because we all, all of us have implants in our mind to stop Psychomantis. And Snake is taken aback because the DARPA chief said that Psychomantis read his mind. So there's already conflicting.
1: Yeah, and even uh Kenneth Baker is saying, like, Are you sure you heard him
0: right? Like you, they can't do that. They had to torture me. Yeah. Take I I was made to prevent mind reading. I wasn't made to prevent Torture. Uh, yeah,
1: they they broke his arm in the process.
0: You know, so um, that's already a, like a weird discrepancy. But at this point, Baker's like, look, there's that fail safe. The PAL key cards. I don't have them. I don't have them anymore. A female soldier took them.
1: So we can. It's safe to assume that this female soldier is the same one that you interacted with earlier. You're told to contact her. Uh, it's officially confirmed that it's Meryl.
0: <gasps> that's Colonel's niece.
1: It is Colonel's niece. We're told to contact her. And Baker says, oh, uh, you can contact her at the frequency. uh, What? I forgot. I forgot.
0: Yeah, it's a really comedic little section.
1: Yeah, but then he chimes in a few seconds later. He's like, oh, I remember. It's on the back of the CD case. And when he says that, it stumps a lot of people at first. But he's literally saying the back of the cd case
0: that has yeah like your metal gear solid case
1: now i wouldn't be surprised if the master collection actually has that on the back of the case as well
0: oh i wouldn't be
1: surprised if it didn't have that
0: wait yeah that makes me wonder what they're gonna do Yeah,
1: to... no, they do that on the master collection too i actually have it right
0: yeah here. tom's turned away to the to the mic so it might be
1: <laughs> look i'm I, it's just on the shelf they, they they don't have it here never mind <laughs> I thought that they would. You see,
0: that's what I'm saying. Okay,
1: so, never mind.
0: I know for, for that collection, I think you can see the cover art in yeah. the files, can't you?
1: Yeah, you can see the cover art. Um, that, that's so weird. That's like a Mandela effect. I could have sworn that Meryl's <laughs> Frequency was on the back of the, of the Legacy collection. Well, in any case, it's on the back of the CD case of the PlayStation 1 version. And you contact her through that number. But you can't do it yet because you're in a place with strong hormonal frequency, as Mei-Ling tells you.
0: Heart, strong what frequency?
1: Hormon, like electronic interference. Oh, okay.
0: And while, you know, he's giving you the codec to talk to Meryl, he then goes on this spiel, and it's very much about how, like, there is just this race to power happening right now with all the countries in the world, and that there was never really any peace. There was never world peace. It was just, okay, who can build a nuke the fastest now? It was just like this artificially...
1: Yeah, apparently the the nuclear piece that was described in Metal Gear 2 was a lie, more or less. Countries just got more sneaky with how they did their nuclear arms business.
0: Yeah, the U.S. included. And he gives you a disc that is holding the data of this quote-unquote exercise. Mm -hmm. I did not know what that meant.
1: Well, um... It, I believe it gets elaborated a little bit later on, so we'll, we'll describe it later.
0: Okay, so he gives you uh, this uh, holds the data of this exercise and his ID card, and right when he's about to describe who that ninja is, because remember he recognized the suit, he calls it Foxhound's dirty little secret, and he's like, "Look, you want to know more as well? Contact Naomi. She
1: knows." And Snake is like, "Okay, I will." <laughs> also. Kenneth also says, contact Hal Emmerich, the lead engineer of this project. If there's anyone that knows how to stop Metal Gear, it's him.
0: So there's a potential other fail safe besides the PAL um, key cards. Mm -hmm. And Hal would know.
1: Yeah. Hal would be able to help Snake out if there's any way to physically take down Metal Gear.
0: Man, I wonder if there's like a, you know, a weakness of Metal Gear.
1: Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it's the legs again.
0: (laughs) So, again, so he's talking to you, talks you to... um, He prompts you to contact Naomi about the ninja. And then...
1: Seemingly out of nowhere...
0: He just dies.
1: Like the DARPA chief. (laughs) He just (laughs) fucking dies. You see, but... It's a little bit more illuminating than the D.A.R.P. chief. Because as he's dying. Some of his last words are. Those Pentagon bastards. And Snake is like, what's going on? And he's like, they're they're just using you for dead. Just drops dead.
0: So you're more prompted to think that something's actually happening. And not just a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So on that note. We're going to end the episode here.
1: I know. I know, guys. It, a, a lot of broken hearts right now. <laughs> but we really want to take the time to analyze what's going on and to give it uh, the nuance that it deserves and to get, make it more uh, approachable to new fans.
0: Yeah, we didn't want this to be a three hour podcast episode. We, we could do it. it. We'd probably be a little beat at the end of it. But we figured let's break up this episode. So this will be episode one. Where we don't know how many parts it'll be, but we can promise you it'll be as thorough as it was today. And we'll only have an intro of 10 minutes next time. And so we can spend the full 50 minutes going in.
1: And hopefully we'll get it done by next episode. I I can't.
0: I just said we're not going to put a a limit on it.
1: Oops. (laughs) Never mind then. We're not going to put a limit on it.
0: We're going to see and take our time. But thank you all for listening and... Hopefully that was helpful. Again, we're gonna have a pop quiz, and this time it'll be on Metal Gear Solid Part One,
1: which should be fun. You know, I'll uh well let's keep the questions to where we're at in the game.
0: We're gonna do questions one through eight with number seven missing.
1: Why you got to keep bringing that up?
0: <laughs> so everyone, I hope you're enjoying the Master Collection. I can assure you, Tom is.
1: I can sh- I assure you that I am. I'm pl- I'm probably playing it right now. Think of any point in the day I'm either thinking about it or playing it.
0: (laughs) Everyone, I want to thank you all so much for listening, for commenting, for resharing online. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know about any feedback. Love you all. Tom, thank you for editing this podcast. Future Tom, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And we'll be back next Tuesday for Metal Gear Solid part two.
1: Same place, same time. Same us.
0: Same us. See ya.
1: Bye guys.